The Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by The Tea Clinic. Good morning, you're listening to The Tea Health Show. I'm Dr. Mark, and in studio today, our resident expert, Cecilies van Art, and um, our producer, Simpiwe. Good morning. Morning, guys. Sorry, today we have a slightly shorter show, thanks to um, JMPD, with unthoughtful... Um, police action on the busiest roads leading into Johannesburg. Okay, so I promised Gareth that we will talk about erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. So, Bea, what is erectile dysfunction? Isn't it in layman's term when you can't get it up? Or can't keep it up, yes, okay. absolutely. Yes. And do, do you want to venture a guess? Do any one of you want to venture a guess what the prevalence is? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I know you always refer to erectile functioning, and um, that is a nice term for me to understand. And then, where does the dysfunction come from? So, how many men suffer with this? I think it's an increasing number of men, and it's age dependent. I think actually, yeah, yes, and yes, and, and yes. Can can I just say that what you, in your practice you're starting to see younger men? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I'm one of the older ones. No, I, 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 you know, but what I'm trying to illustrate is that if you are battling with erectile dysfunction, know that you're not alone. Yes. So how many percent of men battle with erectile dysfunction? 80% in my experience. <laughs> Are we going with experiences now? <laughs> no, you know, with the stories that I heard from Elise, my willy would also shrink. <laughs> no, um, you know what, guys? 70% of men sure. at some point in their life. I wasn't life, far off. No, that's why I'm saying 70% of men at some point in their lives will battle and with erectile And it doesn't matter what age it is. No. You that's know, but interesting. This, this can happen at any age. And one of the things that we're going to look at today is the causes of erectile dysfunction before we get to the different treatment modalities. Because I think everyone that's listening to the show know that, you know, you can go to your GP and you can give you a prescription for um, the little erection pills that you can either go and get at your pharmacy or you can walk into a sex shop and buy something um, over the counter which might or might not help. So um, let's start with a proper definition. Yes, please. So a proper definition of erectile dysfunction is the inability to either get or keep an erection for satisfactory intercourse. Okay. So um, if you can get hard but can't finish the deed, you have erectile problems. Okay. So does that make sense? Yeah. What I Pick find… One. When when do you start… As 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 uh, a male, start getting worried that you might suffer from this because if like, it happens more often than not. Okay. Yeah. I think they all worry the first time already. Mm. 
I, uh, there's, there's something that I see in my practice, and I've spoken about this when we, when we touched on this topic before, and that there's a huge difference between the expectations in different ethnic groups. Okay. Um, I have my uh, Caucasian patients, my white and my Indian patients, that complain they can't get it up. Mm-hmm. And then my African patients say, you know what, for round two, they are battling to keep it up. Yeah. And mm. you know what, that's a very big difference. So simply <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Mark. Is it expected in your culture that a man has to be able to go at least two rounds? I wouldn't say in my culture, but I, I do know that... Uh, I think Aaron said once that... The first round is for the male and the, the second, second round, round is, is for, for the female. female. Yes. That's that, the culture oh, thing. What's the time interval between that? Well, that's dependent on, you know. The foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would say personally, I do have a bit of an expectation that it's more than one round. Oh, wow. Personally. That's, a, that's <laughs> like, wow. Okay. So let's pull right into the nitty-gritty of stuff. Mm-hmm. Guys, to get a to get and maintain an erection is all about the plumbing. It's all about blood flow mm-hmm. into the penis. So I'm going to use a quick analogy. Cool. Your penis um, is dependent on blood coming into its tissue for it to become erect. So The easiest way to think about it is to think about um, a sponge because the tissue of the penis is like a sponge. If it's not… It's also called sponges tissue. Yeah, spongiosum. Yeah. Actually, it's… You're referring to the cavernosum. Yes. Okay. So… If we directly translate the anatomy, the corpus cavernosum, it's two tubes of tissue that have lots of blood vessels in it. And when those blood vessels expand, they fill with blood. And that what is what causes an erection. So if you think of one of those little yellow sponges that you use in your kitchen, Mm-hmm. If it's new and you use it for the first time, you put it into a little bit of water and it sucks up most of the water. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. So let's take it out of that water. And you can see that the sponge holds on to the water. So it's trapping the water in the sponge. Correct. And that's what the penis is supposed to be doing. Hmm. Now, when I wring the sponge out... All that water comes back out, and when I open my hand, poop, the sponge jumps back to its original shape and size. Okay. Now, think about using that sponge for a month, hmm. and what does it look like? It's not kind of losing shape. It loses shape. Doesn't now, absorb as much. Exactly. So and it becomes frayed. Yes, absolutely. So put it into that same amount of water and 
see how much water it sucks up. Way less. Way less. <laughs> and if I take it out of the water, most of that water runs out. Mm. And if I wring it out, it's like a little wet, sad something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now your penis works exactly the same. We need to get blood into it so that it can fill up these blood vessels and become erect. But then the penis also needs to hold on to that blood that's now in there. Mm -hmm. And that is how erections work. So what is that mechanism called then? Where it fills with blood and it needs to stay there. What influences that mechanism? So many things. No vendings, number one. Okay. And then you need to remember, and this is going to become very um, <clears throat> apparent when we talk about different treatment modalities. Mm -hmm. Blood vessels have smooth muscle around them. Now, for something to dilate, <clears throat> that muscle needs to be able to relax yeah. so that the blood vessel can expand and fill them with blood. Now, there's a dual action in the penis. One, it's the relaxation of those blood vessels so that it can fill. And then there's almost like a valve action, mm. which these valves need to close to keep the blood in there. But I want to say the following. Mm -hmm. And Simpiwe will be the expert on this one. Simpiwe, what happens if I choke you? <laughs> <laughs> Can I plead the bit of the but you, you, what you, lose, happens, you lose your breath. You, you can't breathe. And then what happens? You pass out? Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. So your penis needs oxygenated blood. Mm -hmm. So if I trap old blood yeah. in the penis, it damages the tissue. Like you will create damage to the brain if you don't get oxygen to the brain. And that is a further problem. Sure. So it's all about blood flow hmm. into your penis. Okay, so now we understand the workings. So let's take a look at the different causes of erectile dysfunction. So Stilise, do you want to lead us off? Yeah, I think in my experience with, and my medical experience, is that the first thing that comes to my mind is um, maybe clotting of the blood vessels or not clotting, <coughs> occlusion of the blood vessels. Okay, great. What causes occlusion of blood vessels? Uh, plaque or... Yeah, but it's not dental plaque. Okay? <laughs> um, cholesterol plaques. Cholesterol plaques, yes. Yeah. Maybe nerve damage or... So let's stay with the blood vessels, okay. getting blood to the penis. I also know that ED, erectile dysfunction, is the first sign if there's cardiovascular disease. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. So guys, if you are battling with your erections, 
it's a sign that something serious is brewing without you knowing. And this is usually mm. cardiovascular disease, hypertension, high blood pressure, atherosclerosis, where your arteries become hard and blocked with uh, cholesterol or other damage caused to these blood vessels. So there's something, have you ever heard of stiff arteries? No. So stiff arteries is where the arteries becomes hard. So think about… Not elastic anymore to exactly. contract or relax. Ex ex contract and expand. So if you have a flexible tube mm -hmm. that can slightly expand and contract, you can control the amount of blood run, running through it. But if you have a hard, solid um, pipe, the blood that goes through there is limited. Mm. Okay. Okay. So the last thing that you want in a stiff penis is a stiff artery. Mm. So you want soft, nice, elastic blood vessels to give you a stiff penis. Mm. So stiff arteries, and here we are looking at various conditions that cause them high blood pressure, number one. Yeah. Now, other conditions that also affect the blood vessels are things like diabetes. Yeah, of course. Why? Because glucose fats in the blood is inflammatory and it stiffens everything around that. Why? Because your immune system starts attacking the tissue mm. and it damages the tissue. So now it becomes scarred. Think about a, a, a scar that you have. You can feel that that tissue is harder than the surrounding tissue. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've looked at vascular mm -hmm. reasons. Now, we also have neurological reasons. So neurological means that the nerves are damaged. Yeah. So Sister Elise, you worked with urologists all your career when you were a matron in the hospitals. What are the main causes of neurological damage in okay. that area? Okay. Um, I think we need to look at the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. Absolutely. So let's start with the central nervous so system. So central nervous system, I'm, I'm going directly to maybe um, mental disorders or stroke or that type of illnesses. So let's, let's define it a little bit better, I think. Okay. When we look at the nervous system, we have damage, trauma. Yeah. So let's start there. Stroke. Yes, absolutely. Um, paraplegics, quadriplegics, where the nerves have been damaged and there's no innovation to these blood vessels. Remember, nerves are responsible for controlling the blood vessels. And again, remember this point when we talk about different treatment modalities because there's a new one that people don't know about. It's... The nerves innervate those muscles around the blood vessels to expand. But what else causes trauma in that area? From the nervous system? Mm. Oh, sure. Let me think. 
maybe surgery? Yes. Okay. So think about the guys that have surgery for their prostates. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Sister Elise, how many of guys that you you deal that you've dealt with? What is one of the first things that the urologist would say to a guy when they're going in for prostate surgery or even bladder surgery? Well, there's a possibility of inco- imp- impotence. impotence. Okay, why? Because those nerves can be damaged yeah. irreparably. But I do think there's a bit of an advancement with that type of surgery nowadays, and that's the robotic yes, surgery. Absolutely, but it still stays a risk. It still stays a risk. And the other thing is when they do brachytherapy. For and just explain black brachytherapy. Sampia, do you have any idea what brachytherapy oh, is? No, sir. Okay, no, so no, that's no. where they implant nu- nuclear pellets around the prostate to destroy the prostate. So it's radioactive treatment. Radio. And then, as we cancer. all know, the half-life of radioactive pellets is a long time, six months to a year. And the event of ED happens actually only after a long period. Yeah. So that's also very interesting to know. Okay. So that radiation <laughs> damages nerves. So we also see this with guys who have um, radiation therapy your your old type of radiation therapy in Afrikaans it's called bestral. Yes, okay? that sounds dangerous. So <laughs> you know what? For for people with cancer, the treatments often include excision, mm-hmm. and where we go and cut out the cancer. But then we always scared that there's some cancer cells that stay behind that can now spread, and then we do chemotherapy for them. And we can do radiation therapy. So guys with prostate cancer, colorectal cancer, bladder cancer, with radiation in that area, in the pelvic area, Mm. often the nerves are damaged. And you know what? That's one of the leading causes of erectile dysfunction. Mm. So we've touched on two. We touched on the plumbing side. This is the blood flow. And then um, the nerves getting those muscles to relax. But the biggest incidence or the biggest cause of erectile dysfunction is something that Sister Lise touched on, and that's the psychological yes. and higher function. So for a man to get an erection, you either need direct stimulation of the tissue or you need to think about sex. Okay, men can get erections just thinking about sex. So, you know, your brain plays an incredibly big role in this. So conditions associated with erectile dysfunction, psychological erectile dysfunction, and this is the one that I see most in my practice, especially amongst younger Mm -hmm. men into the 30s and 40s. Can I venture a guess? Is what? Anxiety. Absolutely. And? Depression. Yes. And then something else that also causes it is guilt. Guilt of what? Guilt about? Maybe having an affair. 
Absolutely. Okay. Guilt about not performing as well oh, in a relationship. So that's the performance anxiety that we always talk yeah. about, okay? okay. Self-esteem. Hmm. If you have a low self-esteem, I can tell you guys this. Girls, please. I can tell you <laughs> I can tell you girls this that a man's self-esteem lies in the size and functionality of his penis. We're all about dicks. And sometimes we are dicks. Yeah. So um, a man's self-esteem lies in his penis. If you walk around in a gym, you know what? It's, it's always looking around out of a corner of your eye who is bigger than you or not. That's psychology I can't understand. Yes, it's a way of measuring up. Okay, being the top dog, like yeah. they say. Absolutely. Huh. Absolutely. And if it doesn't Sad, function... Hey? It is. There's so much more to me than that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like nice bums <laughs> and stuff like yeah, that. But with height, you I know, look at personality. But, you know, his arms. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> straight guys don't look at other guys' bums. Yeah, but for a woman, without if, intent, if they, if they just look us in the eye, then it, ah, there we go. That's what gets us going. Not a penis. <laughs> yes, but. You know what, for guys, it's a little bit different. Now, so, uh, psychological factors play an incredibly big part in erectile dysfunction. And the problem that you have with that is that it becomes a spiral. So I just wanted to ask that then. If, if you, I always say, if the erection failed once, it was, I was drunk, she wasn't pretty, I was tired, I was stressed, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, but you can always say it's a once-off once thing. Okay. If it happens again, it's like me shooting you in your knee. I have a question. Um, so, I'm, I'm not a man, right? But okay. I... <laughs> Um, but I do know of one person, and I'd, I'd like to get your guys' take, is um, who they say for one particular person couldn't get it up, right? But like for in other situations and with somebody else, they could. Is that also a problem or is that just normal? It's normal. Okay. Um, Sister Elise will remember one of my mentors, his name was Dr. Etienne Koch. Very applicable to the topic. <laughs> and, um, and he's he, a sex therapist. Oh, and he's a medical doctor. He's yeah. a medical doctor. He was always, every single year, our most favorite lecturer. Yeah. And Etienne Koch would say, a man's penis is the barometer of the relationship. If the penis is not working, the relationship is not working. Hmm. So if someone can have an erection with someone else mm -hmm. and comes into the relationship and it doesn't work, mm -hmm. inherently something is broken. Now, I also want to take it further. When it comes to the psychological part, sexual dysfunction in your partner mm -hmm. causes sexual dysfunction in you. 
So for this is especially true, I think, in women. So if a guy is battling with erectile dysfunction, it creates embarrassment. It creates anxiety. And this is where I come to when I say it's about stage fright. If you do not like public speaking, mm -hmm. you will do everything in your power to avoid it. Am I right? Correct. So it's exactly the same. If you have to perform by getting in and maintaining an erection and you're not sure that you can do it well, you're going to start avoiding that situation. Hmm. And now your partner starts feeling, I'm not pretty enough. Oh, I'm not good I'm enough. I'm not good enough. <clears throat> He's getting it somewhere else. And you know what? You first start questioning yourself and then you start blaming someone else. And then you also start avoiding it. So it becomes a vicious circle. Hmm. Erectile dysfunction, whether it's psychological, vascular, neurological, eventually leads to psychological problems. And the last cause that I think we need to discuss mm -hmm. about um, erectile dysfunction is medication. What about hormonal? Oh, thank you, Sister Elise. That's what we deal with every... No, that's part of the treatment. Okay. Okay. So... Medication. So which are the medications that we know cause erectile dysfunction? We said it. Blood Hyper pressure. Yeah. Blood mm -hmm. pressure medication. Um, and your diuretics. Okay. So if you are on something for blood pressure that has two different milligrams on, so it's a 165 or a 12.5 something, there's a diuretic in your blood pressure medication. Mm -hmm. What other medications do you think cause erectile dysfunction? Antidepressants? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. So think about a guy mm. who is depressed or anxious mm -hmm. and you give him a medication or a upper or a for that. Now... It's going to decrease his sexual functioning. He's in a relationship. He's already depressed. And you make the sexual functioning worse through the medication that you're giving him. Mm. Do you think that he's going to get out of his depression? No. Oh, it's crazy, And actually. you know what? It creates further problems, further anxiety, etc., etc., some other medications that I think we all need to be aware of. The stuff that we use recreationally. Like alcohol, drugs. Alcohol. Okay. And which drugs? Uh, cocaine. Absolutely. Why? I don't know. Doesn't it get you like all hyper and... Cocaine is a stimulant. Mm -hmm. What does cocaine do to your blood pressure? It elevates your blood pressure. To elevate the blood pressure, you need to constrict blood vessels. Okay? Hmm. So ask any of the guys that have taken ecstasy. Is what ecstasy happened? a cocaine derivative? No, it's oh, an amphetamine. Okay. So ask any guy when they take ecstasy what happens 
to their erections. It becomes very difficult for them to keep and maintain an erection. Okay. And the same guys goes for marijuana. Okay, difference. Cannabis, marijuana, CBD. Talk to us about that, please. So, you know what? Marijuana, CBD, cannabidioids, come from your group of plants, sativa. Okay. Or hemp. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, there's a difference between CBD, which is cannabidinoid, and we have receptors throughout your body in every single type of um, tissue that uh, binds to cannabinoids. And we call it your cannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. THC, in the other on the other hand, which is also part of your sativa plant, there's over 100 terpenes in the sativa plant. THC is the part that causes the high, not CBD. Okay. Okay. And the two of them have different effects on your neurological system. The one is a stimulant and the other one is a suppressant. Mm -hmm. And using cannabis because of a <clears throat> THC suppresses the nervous system. Okay. Or suppresses the functioning. And obviously cannabis and marijuana is the same. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Antihistamines. Hmm. Also. Sure. Especially now during our pollen season. Hey? Absolutely. Okay. So those are the medications. Opioids. Remember cocaine mm -hmm. is a form of a opioid. Mm -hmm. Okay. So But everyday opioids, let's talk about this. Your everyday opioids would be your tremels, okay. um, painkillers, etc. etc. Okay. Okay. Now we know how the penis is supposed to be working. We know what causes erectile dysfunction. So let's focus on treatment. Mm -hmm. Can I first ask uh, diagnosis? How because do I diagnose I want, erectile dysfunction? I want dysfunction. to share a story. When I was a young 17-year-old student nurse, during my second month of training, I landed in the urology ward, mm -hmm. and it was mainly a male ward. And we admitted patients, males, that was monitored throughout the night. For your tumescence? Yes. Mm. So I didn't understand it those days because I was very pure, like Alice say. Um, but nowadays I understand why don't we use those methods anymore? Is the patient telling you it's a problem enough? Yes, absolutely it is. And guys, this is something that is it. A tricky topic, I think, to address with your GP, especially if it's female GP. Um, remember, we need to get nighttime erections and morning erections to keep the tissue of the penis healthy. Okay. Sister Elise always say, if you don't use it, you, you lose it. it. So the body reacts throughout the night. You get erections throughout Without the night. Without you knowing it. Yes. Most of us are aware of erections 
when we wake up in the middle of the night or early in the morning. Mm. So um, a decrease in nighttime and morning erections is a sign that things are starting to change. For instance, hormones. Yeah. Or that there's blood pressure issues or blood glucose issues or psychological issues. Yes. Okay. okay. So treatment modalities. I think everyone is familiar with your erectile dysfunction medication. So let's just spell them out. Mm-hmm. You can go to your GP. And I think Maximo was available uh, over the counter, am I correct? Yes, yes. Okay, so you can walk into the pharmacy. I don't know if it's still available. And you can ask the pharmacist for an over-the-counter medication. Okay. um, That contains a little bit of the active ingredients of your prescription medication. And here we're looking at... Sildenafil, Tadenafil, Verdenafil. So for guys that don't know what they are, it is your Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra. So those are the prescription ones that are available. So it's a tablet. You take it an hour before. You take it on an empty stomach and not with alcohol. And you wait for an hour. And you know what? You should have better quality of erections. So those are the and prescriptions. with the over-counter medication, how long should you be taking it? Is there you know what? I would be very careful, actually, to walk into a sex shop and buy something uh, over the counter because you actually really do not know what's in there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of side effects are, are attributed to these kind of things, not because of the active ingredient, but the other stuff that's in the tablet. Okay, okay so be aware of them. Some of them do work, but, um, you know, it's not something that I would take. If you have erectile dysfunction, you need to speak to your healthcare professional because for us to treat it effectively, we need to understand what is causing it, okay? And you need to address the cause, and that is what brings us to the other treatment modalities that we have available. Okay, on the medication side, we also have different classes. You have your injectables that you can inject into the tissue. And here we're thinking of alprostadol. Okay, Okay. so that is local in the penis, the alprostadol. Local in the penis. And there's two ways of doing that. Mm -hmm. You can either do a a small injection into the cavernosum, in other words, into the tissue of the penis, and those drugs that were available, it's no longer available in South Africa. It was called Coverject. Okay. Okay. But then you also have newer kinds of medication, alprostadol, that you can insert through a, a little gel or a pellet into your urethra. In other words, into your pee hole. Okay. Mm. And they work Okay, the injectables work far better. The problem is that you create so much vasodilatation there through these vasodilators that you inject that 
you can create serious problems and it we call it priapism priapism yes we have a penis um is filled Fills with blood and, and it, it can't, can't get out yeah. so again what happens if i strangle you you become blue, blue and painful and you pass out and die mm. now with priapism it's exactly the same thing i just thing. want to say that's an emergency you need to get to a healthcare professional ASAP. If, if an erection lasts, lasts for longer than four hours. Or if it becomes blue, then I know it's blue, no, but not that blue. If it becomes blue, release the tie. <laughs> so there are prescription medications. In my practice, I that's my last option that yeah. I use. Why? Because we're treating a symptom. We haven't looked for the underlying cause and we're not treating the underlying yeah. cause. Okay, so in, at the tea clinic, how do we approach this? We always start with a full workup. Yeah. And that full workup includes blood tests that tests for cholesterol, diabetes, insulin, hormones, specifically testosterone, and estrogen because of there's an imbalance. Yeah between testosterone and imbalance. If your estrogen <coughs> levels are too high, you battle with erectile problems and low libido. Yeah. So while we're talking about libido, Sampiwe, do you want to venture a guess what libido actually means? Isn't it like the desire of like when you want to have sex or how often you want to have sex? Like that? That's actually sex drive. Oh. Sex drive refers to the frequency with which I want to engage or initiate sexual activity. That's so wait, the sex drive. So wait, then libido, libido, isn't it when you're thinking about it? Yes. How, okay, yes. There we go. how vividly <laughs> and how oftenly we think about sex. So if you talk to a, a, a boy going into puberty, mm -hmm. that's all they have on their minds. Constantly. And that's healthy. Yes, okay. absolutely, it is healthy, okay? But that starts declining okay. over time. Okay. And you know what? If you don't think about it, it doesn't become important, and that can lead to psychogenic erectile dysfunction. Again, if you don't use it, you lose it. And it's not only the penis. Remember, the penis and the brain are the same thing. Men think with Both, sometimes more with one than the But other. But when do you, one get worried about it? Too much thinking about it. Too much? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking... When if you're you, a nymphomaniac? <laughs> <laughs> if males think about it too often, and, and I'm not just now judging, and then they use like porn sites, etc. to satisfy that urge, doesn't that also lead to ED? Yes, absolutely. Every, you know what, there's, there's so, such a fine balance between enough and too much. Yeah. If I overdo something, I, it's going to lead to problems. If I overdrink, if I overuse alcohol or drugs or okay. um, if I look at porn too often, your reality becomes a little bit distorted. Yeah. I think the biggest problem with porn is that it creates 
unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. In relationships, porn can be beneficial. It can spice up yeah. but your, your sex life. But it, if that becomes the beginning and end all, then it becomes a bit of an issue. Okay. So you, know, you can think about se- uh, porn as putting you in the mood or getting you to see things that, okay, let's try that. Let's spice things up a little bit. But if it's only about the porn, and remember, guys, porn is like… It becomes like, a psychological problem. Yes, then. porn is like an action movie. Mm. You know what? No one runs and jumps out of a burning plane onto another plane and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not realistic. So, so think about porn that way as well. Mm. Okay. So let's go back to anatomy and function. Mm-hmm. If we can't have blood flowing into the penis, it's not going to get erect. Mm-hmm. So... We have devices that help with that. And here we're specifically thinking about your vacuum devices. Yes. Okay. Um, if I create a vacuum over the penis, it's going to suck fluid and tissue into that vacuum. Mm-hmm. And that helps with blood flow. So a penis pump or a vacuum device can be a very good aid for treatment of erectile dysfunction. Yeah. But we still haven't fixed the problem. So here we start going over to our regenerative therapies. Regenerative, we fix what's broken and we renew So think about that sponge again. New sponge versus old sponge. If we can restore an old sponge to its former integrity, it's going to suck up much more of that water, giving you a stronger, bigger erection that lasts longer. So when it comes to regenerative therapy, we think of platelet-rich plasma therapy, PRP. So, Simpiwe, we spoke about this. Do you remember where PRP comes from? No, sir. Pay attention. (laughs) Your own blood. And in the platelets, these growth factors. Yes. So, let's let's quickly discuss what Cecilies have just said. Think about what happens when you cut yourself. Mm -hmm. You bleed. Yes. Okay? So, we need to stop the bleeding. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's your main function of your platelets is they create um, a plug over that damaged blood vessel. Mm -hmm. But we can't just keep that duct tape there. We actually need to go and fix that tissue. In other words, we need to repair it. Mm -hmm. And this is where the platelets plays an incredibly important role. Because your platelets, like Sister Elise said, releases growth factors. And growth factors are like the blueprint for how tissue repair itself. So these growth factors not only stimulate the repair of damaged blood vessels, but also the surrounding tissue. 
So if I can repair these damaged blood vessels, I have better blood flow. Mm. And that's where we use PRP in the penis because we pull your blood and we separate it into its components. And the ones that we are after are the platelets and the plasma. And then we put that platelets back into compromised tissue. Now, this is not a new treatment. This has been around for many, many years. Um, Not specifically for erectile dysfunction, but a lot for, and the the first guy who started using this was actually the dentist. Yes, I wanted Hmm. to say for um, dental implants, etc. Yes, where we make a platelet plug. Mm. Um, and put it into the tissue, and suddenly we have regeneration of tissue on the gums, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then came your sports people, yeah, the for guys, eh? <coughs> damage to cartilage, for damage mm-hmm. to muscle, for damage to ligaments. Yes, and you would take the patient's own own blood, spin it off, take the platelets, and inject it into that compromised tissue, and it promotes healing. And then also the vampire facials. And then we started using it for aesthetics. And the Kardashians made it famous. So when we create an injury where there's a little bit of bleeding, Mm -hmm. um, we see that this helps to stimulate tissue growth. And Simpiwi gave me the lasso, but we started late. So sorry, Sims, we're (laughs) soldiering through today. Do, do you guys not have patience to see? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't want to be late? <laughs> so, <clears throat> okay. Regenerative tissue, platelet-rich plasma. It's a very painless procedure. What we do at the T-Clinic is we draw your blood, we spin it off, and that takes a little bit of time. And while you are waiting for that, we put a very potent numbing cream onto your willy, and then after about 20 minutes, I can do an injection onto the penis, which you do not feel. Hmm. Okay, so it's a series of injections. And what you need to understand that with like re- renovating your house, it takes time. Yeah. Okay, so it's not a single the treatment. The effect takes time. The effect yeah. takes time and the effect is cumulative. So the more you do it, the better the erections. Now, let's also think about um, the benefit of PRP. So it doesn't only work on erectile functioning, better blood flow. It also works on premature ejaculation. Why? Because it regenerates and repairs those frayed and damaged nerves. Sensitive nerves, yeah. Okay. And guys, this is the plus point. It puts down new tissue. So not only do you have a harder penis, but you have a bigger one. And in but our not practice, longer. Yes, longer as well. Oh. Okay. So in our practice, we often use it for penis enhancement therapy mm-hmm. because it works beautifully over time. Okay. So the regenerative therapy. And then I think if you go and look at more regenerative therapies, um, we use bioelectrical stimulation and we one of the only practices in South Africa 
that have devices specifically developed for the use in erectile dysfunction. Bioelectrical current is the electrical current that the body uses to maintain cellular function. So it's specific currents. It's not taking a battery-operated shock device and putting it on the penis. That can cause damage. So it's specific. Then there's a new kind of treatment. It's called shockwave therapy, mm-hmm. where you create a percussion wave um, that it's, it's almost think about when you hit on water, mm-hmm. it reverberates. Um, animals, dolphins, uh, whales, etc., etc., use it to communicate because it creates that shock wave that you can hear as well as feel. Okay. So shock wave therapy. The problem with shock wave therapy is if it's done correctly, it actually causes damage to the nerves and the blood vessels. So you need to be careful if where it's you done go for incorrectly. This. Yeah. Okay. So. Those are your regenerative And therapies. what about peptide therapy? So we move on. Hormone balancing. Yeah. You need to balance the hormones. As testosterone declines, it has an effect on erectile functioning, both psycho- psychological mm-hmm. as well as vascular. Mm-hmm. So testosterone dilates blood vessels. But you know what? I can... I can take a eunuch. Do you know what a eunuch is? No, sir. It's a guy who, where we cut off his balls. That so they don't sad. make testosterone. Okay? Sure. It does happen for but medical I, reasons and I stuff. I can give an erection to a eunuch. How? Blood flow into the penis. Hmm. Okay? But the psychological component of testosterone on libido, on sex drive on confidence, on self-esteem is where hormone balancing comes and plays a very big role. And when we look at hormones, we also look at the cholesterols, the insulins, et cetera, et cetera. So hormone balancing actually in our practice is where we start. We need optimal levels of hormones for the function to be correct. Okay, so, so far... We've touched on regenerative therapy, mm-hmm. PRP. In my practice, it's called the ED shot. Uh, internationally, it's called the P shot. So go and take a look at that. Bioelectrical stimulation, be Medication. careful. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about hormone balancing, testosterone therapy. If you use too much testosterone, you will suppress your sexual functioning. Just be aware of that. So it's an absolute balancing act that you need to maintain. And then we move on to the newer kids on the block. So Sister Elise has spoken about peptide therapy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Peptide therapy. Peptides are small, simple hormones. Okay. And we use them to stimulate and enhance normal hormonal function, okay? And we use them very effectively for erectile dysfunction, especially for psychogenic erectile dysfunction as they elevate dopamine and oxytocin levels in the limbic system of the brain. 
making you feel better. Mm-hmm. It's not an antidepressant. It's not a stimulant. It's not an injectable Viagra. It's something that you use on a continuous basis and it improves libido, the psychological part. And lo and behold, erectile function. And I give it to my guys at nighttime so that they can wake up during the course of the night and in early hours of the morning or with morning erections having to pee in the shower because they have a raging hard-on. Sure. And that gives back a little bit of confidence to go into a sexual situation. So peptide therapy. Now, the other thing that I want us to discuss for a single second is we discussed the plumbing and how the plumbing works. Mm-hmm. The plumbing has the smooth muscle around the blood vessels, which is responsible for dilation or contraction of these blood vessels. And you need both. You need to get the blood in, so dilation, and then you need to keep it in, contraction. Okay? So, neuromodulators. Simpiwe, neuromodulators, can you mention one? No. Botox. Is, is that? It's a neuromodulator. Why? Or how? Because it works on mm-hmm. the innovation of muscles. So nerve endings Mm -hmm. sit on top of a muscle. There's a little gap between the nerve ending and the muscle. It's called the synaptic gap. Okay? And your neuromodulator stops the connection between the nerve ending and the muscle, stopping the muscle from contracting. So think about Doing Botox in the face. Why do we do Botox in the face? To stop the movement of muscles so that you can't frown, so that you relax the muscles around the the eye. So if you relax a muscle around a blood vessel, the blood vessel dilates. Mm. Better blood flow. Mm. So we are now using neuromodulators, things like Botox and Dysport, into the penis. They work very, very well. And they last a long time. But so you're not very cr- specific to a certain condition. Yes, yes. What you guys need to know, it's counterintuitive. I'm going to inject something into my penis, which is going to relax the muscle instead of making me hard. Mm-hmm. But by relaxing that muscle, you have better blood flow. Mm-hmm. So the neuromodulators can be used. But please, it's not everyone that should be doing this. It works incredibly well in combination. So now I need to wrap up. Say <laughs> okay. So guys at the T Clinic specifically, we do not use one modality. We use six different ones and we can use them all in combination. No, erectile dysfunction is a symptom of an underlying condition usually serious ones, cardiovascular disease, diabetes. Psychological factors is huge in erectile dysfunction. Not only the condition itself, but the medications that you are taking for underlying conditions. Antidepressants, um, your antihypertensives, diuretics, recreational drugs all cause erectile dysfunction. 
for you to address the problem effectively, you need to diagnose this. Not, um, by the way, doc, you know what? Can you give me a prescription for Viagra? It's, doctor, I do, I'm battling with erections. Something is wrong. And if you're at a good doctor, they will immediately start doing investigations. Yeah. Okay. Treatment modalities, <clears throat> your prescription medication, your devices like your vacuum devices, regenerative therapy, ED shot in my practice, bioelectrical stimulation, alternatives, your peptide therapies, and neuromodulators play an incredible role. You always start with optimal balance of hormones. Okay, so I hope you guys found that enlightening and hardening. <laughs> so if you are battling with erectile dysfunction, if you want to know more about effective and successful treatment of this condition, call us at the T-Clinic. Our number is 010-824-1393 or go and take a look at our new website. I think it's going alive today. Um, it's www.theclinic.com. Next week, we'll be back, um, and we're actually going to focus a little bit on body treatments. Mm. So here we're looking at aesthetic treatments, both for the face. We're going to look at breast reduction therapy the week after that. And then for the boys, at some point, we will take a look at penal augmentation. That's all coming up for the rest of the month. So um, until we meet again, we wish you all the best in health. Bye. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.